I have a word in my spirit about a new series, and the name of the series is Callings, Callings, or we could call it His Callings. Uh, we get this word called from the Greek word kaleo, kaleo, and it's used over a hundred times in the New Testament, and what it does, it describes God's purpose, it describes God's assignment, and it describes God's reason for our life. Thayer's definition of the call or callings is to call aloud, to utter in a loud voice, or to invite. Now, a good illustration scripture of that would be in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 9 says that we are called to fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Say, may God is faithful. And I'm called. That means we're invited. We're invited into fellowship. So we are kaleod into koinonia. The word fellowship means koinonia, which simply means into community or communion or into joint participation with Him. And so that is one of the callings of the Lord. We did a series years ago about that and that we have been invited into a glorious visitation from Him. Amen? Into intimacy with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, look with me at Romans chapter 8, verse 28, and we'll look at another aspect of His callings, the callings of God. In Romans eight twenty-eight, it says, We know that in, that in all things... Well, let, let me read it from there. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. I know you love God. Amen? To them who are called, again, kaleo, invited, according to his purpose. Now, I want you to pay particular attention to this fact that callings and purpose go together. Again, a calling from the one who has called us is his invitation for us to live out his plan for our life. You know, many times when we think of the word call or getting a call, maybe we look at a phone call as an interruption. Anybody ever been there? <laughs> Why is that? Because we're busy. <laughs> maybe we're relaxing. Maybe we just got home and we're a little tired. Perhaps you've gotten an 800 number before. Anybody? And sometimes we play phone roulette. By that I mean you don't know who's on the other end of those 800 calls sometimes. Or uh, uh, you're on the phone and you get another call coming in. That's happened to all of us, right? And so what you do is oftentimes you put that person on call waiting. Call waiting. Well, I just want to say to you today, never put God on call waiting. Never put Him to voicemail. Never have the idea, well, I'll, I'll, I'll get to that later in my life. How many of you know that later sometimes never comes? So what I'm encouraging all of us to do is to answer the callings that God has called us into. You see, the Bible is just full of stories of God's people answering the call. I'm glad Noah answered the call. I'm glad Abraham answered the call. I'm glad Moses answered the call. It looked foolish, did it not? But oh, thank God, God uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. Amen. 
So in John chapter 15 and verse 16, here's a verse of scripture that we see that God initiates the call. In John 15, 16, he says, you've not chosen me, but I've chosen you. And I've ordained you. I'm looking at a company of ordained ministers. So he said, well, I don't have a paper from headquarters. No, God's ordained you. God has called you. Amen. That you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. One translation in the New Living, it says, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. You know you're chosen? That must mean you're pretty special. That means must mean you're pretty precious. That must mean that God believes in you. He says, you didn't choose me. I chose you. And I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. So God calls us based on His plan, His purpose, not based on our perfection or the lack thereof. So again, God initiates the call. It's initiated by God, not by ourselves, not by mama, not by daddy. It comes straight from the Father. He is the one who calls. He is the one who quips. He is the one who anoints. And He is the one who appoints. Oh, my brothers and sisters, His callings are calling. The callings of God are calling. From before the foundation of the world, before you were shaped in your mother's womb, God called you. He put some things on the inside of you that were never intended to lie dormant. But those things that He's placed on the inside of you are calling. God's calling for those things in this day and this hour. So answer the call. Do not back off from the call, but step in boldly to what I foreordained before you before the foundation of the world. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Say with me, the callings of God, they're calling me. And this is my prayer for us during this series. We're going to look at various aspects and different aspects of the callings of God. My prayer is that light will flood our hearts. And that we will understand the hope to which He has called us. And that we will discover the glorious blessings that will be ours as God's people. Amen. So your calling, it is a gift from God. We didn't earn it. We didn't work for it. We didn't deserve it. It's graciously given to us by Him. It's a present. It is a grace gift. How many of you know that careers are built? Are they not? Vocations are crafted by education and training. And those things are awesome and great. But a calling from the caller is a gift. And I just want you to know that your job does not define your calling. Your calling is not necessarily your career. Now certainly they might meet up and there may be some overlap in that, but most of the time in life it's bivocational. 
A career, you see, makes for a living, but a calling makes for a life. And when you can get the two together, oh man, let your career serve your calling. Let your vocation serve the greater thing that God wants you to do. Don't think for one moment that because you're working a job that you cannot fulfill your call. Oh, I'll tell you what, there's opportunities everywhere. There's giftings on the inside of you that God desires to come forth. Everywhere we are, there are people that need what we have on the inside of us. Can somebody say amen? Amen. So all of us then are called into His glorious grace. And I looked at a scripture that talks about being that there are layers and layers of His grace. This is one of my favorite scriptures. Would you read it with me? In John chapter 1 verse 16, in the Amplified Version, look at this. Look up here. John chapter 1 and And verse 16, we're going to look at the Amplified. Ready, read. For out of His fullness, abundance, we have all received, all had a share, and we are supplied with one grace after another, and spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing, and favor upon favor, and gift heaped upon gift. Oh man, that good news? You talk about manifold grace. Oh, there's the grace of salvation. There's the grace of healing. There's the grace of prosperity. There's the grace of joy. It's heaped upon us. And it's layer upon layer upon layer. I just dropped by to tell you this, that God has called all of us by His grace. And what is grace? Well, grace is undeserved kindness, but it also is His favor. Amen. Layered upon our lives. And you see, our calling, salvation really is the entry point of your calling. Here's what Second uh, Timothy 1.9 says in the NIV. It says, He saved us and called us to a holy life. Not because of anything we've done, because, but because of His own purpose and His own grace. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And so, when you are saved, when you are born again, you've just gone through the door. He is the door. Oh, but on the other side of the door, there is so much more. Amen? How many of you are interested in the much, much more? How many of you are interested in everything God's got for you? How many are interested in fulfilling everything God's called you to do? Oh, that's 100% of us. Oh, thank you, Lord. You see, none of us have all the same gifts The scripture says that we have gifts differing. They differ. And the gifts that we have differ, and they differ according to the grace of God. Whatever those gifts may be. And here's what Paul said in Ephesians 3, 7. In Ephesians 3 and verse 7, he says, Wherefore, I was made a minister. Now, don't let the word minister scare you, because you is one. You are one. I believe that every Christian is a minister of the Lord. Wherefore, whereof, in verse chapter 3, verse 7, I was made a minister according to the gift of grace 
of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. Somebody says, well, that's the Apostle Paul. I'm Joe. I'm Sarah. You got a good name, Sarah. I mean, that's the great Apostle Paul. Who am I? You need to find out who you are in the Word of God. You have the same standing as Paul did. You may not have the same giftings that Paul had, but you've got something and someone on the inside of you. Amen? Now notice in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 10. This is the speed class. You guys are quick and bright and sharp. Good looking, very rich, and major blessings. Amen? Hallelujah. 1 Peter 4 verse 10. Now notice this verse. As every man has received the gift, even so do what? Hello, ministers. Hello, ministers. Somebody says, well, I don't know what my gift is. You need to go to growth track. You need to discover your design. You need to find out more about what God's placed on the inside of you. Amen? That's going to be on March 24th at 11 a.m. Do not miss it. It is going to be awesome. So answering the call, learning more about the call, and receiving the gift. And once you've received the gift, ministers, even so, minister the same one to another. But he doesn't stop there. As what? What kind of stewards should we be? As good stewards of what? Of the manifold grace of God. What would the body of Christ be like if we all answered the call? Received the gift, discovered the gift, and then just went out and ministered this gift of grace everywhere we went. Hallelujah. Oh, there's so many opportunities. You know, just recently, I've had some divine connections, some divine appointments right where I work out. Guys that I played basketball with years ago. Yesterday I was over there and there's a guy by the name of Terry and and uh, we were getting ready and I was shaving and I saw him over on the other mirror and he said, hey, how you doing? I said, I'm doing just great. And I said, how are you? He says, well, a lot of ups and a lot of downs. And I said, well, tell me what's going on. You see, we just need to make ourselves available to people. That means on the job, in the marketplace. And he's a Christian, so I didn't need to lead him to Christ, but he shared with me that his 42-year-old brother just passed away. And I said, you know, I had a brother that passed away at a young age and told him a little bit about that. I said, you know, it can be a tough season. And these things can be very difficult on the family. He says, yeah. He says, you know, I'm, I'm going to Los Angeles on Monday. And he said, man, I just, oh. He said, I know my family's really taking it hard. And I'm sure he is too. I didn't ask him about the details of the death. That was none of my business. But I was just there to minister grace to him. And I said a few things to him. I said, you know, you can really expect God to help you in this hour, in this season. You can expect Him to come upon you and give you a peace that passeth understanding. 
And I said, would you be open to reading a book about grief, about life after death? I said, I've got a really good friend of mine that wrote one of the best books about life after death. He said, man, I sure would. So I got his phone number. I got his address. And we sent him a book in Amazon last night. Amen. But more importantly, I told him, Terry, we're going to be praying for you. We're going to be believing God for you. You see, part of the gifting in my life is the gift of encouragement. That's what I try to do every Sunday. I try to exhort. I try to comfort. And I try to build up people around me. I don't always succeed, and neither do you. But the things that are on the inside of you are precious. Don't put God on call waiting. Believe God for opportunities. Another guy. You know, just I went into the gym and, and uh, started, you know, just bouncing the ball with him and played a little basketball with him. And this guy, man, he's a seeker. He's looking for the answer. Well, how many of you know that there's tons and millions of people that are looking for the answer and you have the answer on the inside of you? I mean, he was asking me all sorts of questions about reincarnation and, and uh, you know, he, he had a background in that regard and just asking me a ton of questions. He says, you know, I was at the Vatican recently. <laughs> and he said, at the Vatican, I had a real experience. So he told me about the experience he had. And he said, you know what? He says, I'm going to church now. Oh, and he said, I've been thinking about you because he knows I was a Christian. I've been thinking about you. He says, a lot of times when I think about a person, I see him a day or two later. <laughs> and so I, I was able to just share scripture with him and answer as many questions as he had. That's the part of the gifting that's on all of us. Amen? Through relationships and through just life in general, there are people out there that are looking for answers. And we don't always bulldoze them over with the gospel. Come on, somebody. We don't always open up the four spiritual laws immediately. I don't know why I'm getting off on that, but I know it's good. And so the gifting on the inside of you is precious. You may have a gift of hospitality. You know, a gift of hospitality is a precious gift. It's inviting. It's wonderful. It's glorious. You see, all Christians, as I said before, are ministers. And God has put His grace in us. So there is grace to you, and there is grace in you. And by His grace, we all can do more than we ever thought possible. You see, some graces that God puts in us, He puts in us before the foundation of the earth, before we were in our mother's womb. Other gifts He puts in us when we're born again. But then He adds gifts to us sometimes after years of service. Additional grace and greater grace can be added to you. There are multiple grace gifts right here in this room right now. And you and I, we are part of the greatest movement in this world. We are part of the blood-bought body of Christ. I said we're part of the blood-bought body of Christ. Look with me at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 
in verse 12. He says, For as the body is one, and as many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. So we see that he's comparing the human body, the body of Christ, to the human body. Verse 14. For the body is not one member, but many. Verse 15. If the foot shall say, Because I am not the hand, I am not the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, Because I am not the eye, and I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? How many of you know if the body of Christ was one big eye, it would be pretty dysfunctional? We need every part in the body of Christ. Verse 17. If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole body were hearing, where were the smelling? Verse 18, I want you to read with me. But God now has, but now God has sent the members every one of them in the body notice this as it has pleased him so what this is saying here that it's not up to us to decide what part of the body we are is it what our part is is we are to discover it not make a decision on it Once you discover it, then you can decide to fulfill it. I like what one preacher says, find it, fulfill it, and finish it. Say it with me. Find it, fulfill it, and finish it. If you're called to be an ear, you'll never make a decent nose. Is that right? If you're called to be a finger, you'll never be a good toe. I mean, you can go to toe clubs, dress up like a toe, take toe classes, get a degree in toeology, but you'll still be a finger. What are you saying? I'm saying this, glory in being the person that God has called you to be. Magnify your place of His grace. Honor what He's placed on the inside of you. And let God be glorified in your life. If you're a finger, glory in being a finger. Accept and be what and who you are. Say this with me. I rejoice... In God's choice for my life. Every one of us here today, we are called for God's purpose. God did not make us for us. He didn't make you for you. He made you for Himself. And it's His plan and His purpose not your plan. Say it with me. Lord, not my will, 
but your will be done. In Ephesians, the second chapter, in the 10th verse, I love this verse of Scripture. It says, We are God's workmanship. Say it with me. I am the workmanship of God. We're God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. We're called to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. This word workmanship there in the Greek means poem. It's masterpiece. How many of you know God doesn't make junk? You are a piece of the master himself. Hallelujah. Don't degrade his work in you. Magnify the office that God's called you into. Amen? And I said earlier that God chose you before you were born. In Galatians 1.15 it says, It pleased God in His kindness to choose me and call me even before I was born. What undeserved mercy. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5 if we can pull it up in the message translation, I'd like to look at that. Jeremiah 1.5 says this, Before I shaped you in the womb, I knew all about you. <laughs> Before you saw the light of day, I had holy plans for you. Woo! A holy God has holy plans for His sons and His daughters. Then in Isaiah 44, verse 2, it says this, I am your creator. You were in my care even before you were born. Think about it. So what does that teach us today? That means this, my folks, my friends. It means that you are not an accident. There's no such a thing as an illegitimate baby. There are, however, illegitimate parents. But they can get saved. Are you listening to me? There's no such a thing as an accident baby. Oh, man. <laughs> we could preach on that for a while. Accidental parents, yeah? Accidental babies, no. Say with me, I'm not an accident. You are my creator. See, if people think that they were an accident, they'll live like it. You know, I think of the story of this 17-year-old girl from the South. She was a concert pianist, but she got off a little bit, and she was drinking a lot, and she was doing some drugs, and when she was 17, she turned up pregnant. And of course, her parents said, look, this is not capiche. This is not good. This is something that we are asking you to get an abortion. We don't want you to have this child. It'll ruin the family name. And she said, no. She said, I need to have this baby. 17 years old. She moved from the south 
to Southern California. She was still doing some drugs and and she was still doing, you know, drinking a little alcohol. But she was walking down the street one day after her parents had disowned her. She was all alone. And as she was walking down the street, a lady pulled up in a car and she says, I just, I don't know you and I don't know why I'm doing this, but I just want you to know that Jesus loves you and that you are doing the right thing. Two months later, she gave birth to Israel Houghton. Israel is one of the premier music artists in the body of Christ. Just think of what would have been missed, the gifting that would have been missed if she had not obeyed God. You see, God takes what man would call an accident and He can turn it around and He can change nations. He can sing to the nations through that. Hallelujah. What does this mean to us? This means that we're deeply loved. God says to us, you are in my care. Even while you were growing on the inside of your mother. What does this mean? This means that God planned your life before you were born. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen? Our mistakes don't change His call. I could spin, I could run, I could shout, I could dance. But your mistakes, my mistakes, do not change His mind. It doesn't matter how much you've messed up your life. The gifts and callings of God are without repentance. What does that mean? That God doesn't change His mind. Think about the Apostle Paul. Before he was the Apostle Paul, he was Saul. He was a real terrorist. He was a murderer. We can say it this way. He was a rude, crude dude. In a really bad mood. But in closing, here's what Paul said. You've listened so beautifully today. In 1 Timothy 1, verse 12 and 13, here's what Paul said. By calling me into his service, Jesus judged me faithful. He judged me trustworthy. Even though I used to be, forget what you used to be, and start meditating on who you are now. I used to be a blasphemer and a persecutor and contemptuous. Mercy, however, was shown me because while I even lacked faith, I acted in ignorance. Aren't you glad today that God's put you into the ministry? Say this with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you have called me. I will remain faithful. Thank you, Master. For in the days ahead... I shall bring forth fruit for your glory and your honor in Jesus' name.